Hello and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. This will be episode 33, coming to you live from the great state of West Virginia. I love it. Uh, what a great, uh, great place. Uh, today we're going to be talking about things that, uh, as a football coach, we do in the wintertime. And that would be from after the season ends, right after the season ends, up until the spring. And spring in the in the great state of West Virginia is mid-March or April, depends on the year. Some years we have prolonged winter into April. Some years it is summer in April. And some years it snows in March. Some years it feels like it's 70 degrees in March. You just, you never know. It's a nice guessing game. Keeps you on your toes and... Um, I think it's a it's a wonderful wonderful place. Now today it is nice and chilly. It is 13 outside. Feels like negative four. Uh, just a wonderful wonderful experience to walk outside today. Uh, definitely got the sweatpants and the um, the pullover on and the the winter coat and trying just to to stay warm uh, as we we go through today. So. Before we begin, just a couple uh, shameless plugs for episodes that I've done over the last, uh, gee whiz, month or two. Uh, that's uh, episode 27 is grit, uh, talking about you know what does it take to have grit uh, to push through things that are hard. Episode 28 is one of my favorite coaches in West Virginia, Eddie Smolder, head coach of Ripley, does a fantastic job with that program. Uh, episode 31 talks about networking, how we can better network uh, to improve our career standing, you know, where we work, maybe what job we have, uh, maybe how much we know about football or academics or business or things of that nature. And then my last episode was episode 32, talking about education and how coaches and teachers are for educators first, and we teach our students how to be the best that they can possibly be in the classroom and then help them have opportunities after high school to uh, go prolong their playing career and then go to college and gain uh, some much needed education and get a degree or maybe they go into the military or maybe they go and learn a trade all those things are awesome so without further ado we'll talk about winter uh, winter time is a little different for me up here in West Virginia than it was, say, where I grew up in Florida. <laughs> we actually have winter in West Virginia. It snows and it's really cold. I've gotten used to it. I actually enjoy parts of winter now. Now, today it feels like negative four. The wind is blowing really hard and there's snow, which snow's good. It's a light snow, so that's, that's fantastic. For those of you who are down south and don't even know the, the difference between light snow and wet snow light snow is the one kind that's good it's fluffy uh, it doesn't knock your power out now wet snow is the one that <laughs> yeah it weighs down the power lines and there's problems so thank goodness it's a light snow uh, for most of us here up in wv uh, so after the after the season for us uh, at nitro uh, we do a couple different things uh, when the season ends so this year uh, we won our we won our last game. Everybody was was happy, was uh, upbeat, uh, looking forward to the next football season. Uh, already, guys, I heard guys talking on the bus coming back from the game about what we're going to do, how hard we're going to work, 
And they have followed through on that. They have done a great job in the weight room so far this winter, and we'll talk more about that a little later in the podcast. But a couple things that are just checklist items that I think every coach does. You you clean up the locker room uh, best you can, get in there, get all the stuff out, throw away what you need to, save cleats. Uh, We do save cleats at every program I've been a head coach at. We save cleats after the season for kids that are struggling financially maybe at the time or if kids just need a pair of practice cleats so they can save their game cleats because it it rains a good amount uh, up here and uh, so they need a couple different pairs of cleats to uh, play and practice we then inventory all equipment see how many we have what we need to replace (coughs) that's a that's a big deal and I know as a a football coach we just want to think about ball talk about ball uh, weightlifting those types of things but the administrative part is a big big deal as well making sure that your budget's in line making sure that you know what you need for the next school year for the next football season or school year and you can go forward with that I know for me I'm a big google sheets guy and I like putting stuff in spreadsheets and being able to see year to year okay what did we order here what did we order that year Uh, looking forward what may we need in the future Um, all those different types of things and then you know as we we go into the winter so from November till till now and then from now until uh, the summer uh, we're going to talk about uh, maybe scheme changes how do we how do we lift differently in the weight room what are some program philosophy ideas that can help our football program be better as we go into the future? And those are things that we talk about all winter. Uh, I, I get a lot of film on huddle. Talk about, about that in a little more detail here in the next couple minutes. Uh, talk to our uh, constantly texting our coaches. Uh, we don't we don't really talk on the phone, but we do text a lot. We talk in person when uh, we're in the weight room. Uh, after school and it's a it's a good time to bounce ideas off each other because as a high school coach I think all good coaches work hard and have a good philosophy have solid scheme and it really comes down to <clears throat> the amount of talent <clears throat> that you have that d- dictates wins and losses to some degree uh, I think obviously if teams are equally talented then maybe somebody gets a break here or break there uh, I don't really worry about the outcome I know we've talked about that before on the podcast I'm a lot more um, R factor response oriented right so how do you respond what's your preparation like and then that dictates generally how successful you are Uh, you can't focus on the product have to focus you have to focus on the process and that is what we what I've done as a coach uh, as an assistant as a head coach even as a player just do your job, do your job well, and uh, let the wins and losses come as they are. I've, I've coached places that you have talent, a lot more talent than the other team, and you win a lot of games. And I've coached at places where you have about the same or less, and you lose some football games and you win some football games. And that's that's the way, way it goes. Uh, I, I know coaches that are some of the best coaches I know that are you know, right at 500 or below 500 uh, in their coaching career, that's because they've chosen to coach at places that maybe they don't have as much talent as the next as the team as the next guy or the, the teams they play. 
but they continue to get after it and they mold young men and they're in it for the right reasons. And they're really good coaches. Like they're really, really good. If they were at a program that had, you know, top flight talent, they won a bunch of state championships, but they are not called to, to coach at a place like that. And I love to draw from those types of coaches. Because uh, I've gotten film from guys that this is the scheme we run. This is how we won a state championship. Well, it's you got a 6'4", 220 wide receiver that runs a 4'4", and you just throw it up to him. You know, congratulations. Uh, that's really hard to do. Uh, or you have, you know, three Division one running backs like we did at my high school, <laughs> Trinity Christian. When I played – when I won two state championships there as a player, we had three Division one offensive linemen and three Division one backs and Division one quarterback and Division one wide receiver. And, yeah, we won, golly, uh, like 17 games in a row, something like that. Uh, and we won two state championships. Okay. Like, yeah, we won a lot because we had really good talent. But, you know, I don't want to see the film of that guy. I want to see the film of the person that's winning three, four, five games a year. But they're, and they're doing a really good job with their players. They have great scheme. Uh, they're putting their guys in the best position to – to compete even against teams that have better talent than they do and those are the guys I want to I want to study because if you you're blessed with a team with a bunch of division one guys and man high five to you you're going to win a bunch of games um so that's just that is what it is <clears throat> so you know we, we watch a lot of film in the off season. we get film from all, all over the place I get film from coaches from Indiana from Ohio West Virginia uh Georgia and now, a couple from Florida and uh, as well, and I just like to pour over it on huddle and learn from what I, from what I can learn from the film, and then we implement certain things into our our scheme going forward. I, I know for me on defense, uh, I'm a I'm a big man to man guy. It's a philosophy I've I've started since I started being a head coach in 2015, and I think it's the way to go for the teams I have coached. I think it makes it simple. It lets your best players play really fast. And we spend more practice time on offense. Even though I'm a defensive guy, we spend more time on offense because offense takes more timing, takes more reps. And on defense, we want it to be simple and let our guys just go be free, man. Let them, let them go go play. That sounds like some new age stuff, but I think it, it's the way to go. Let your guys play without thinking, and especially on defense, and let them just react. I'm not trying to teach people elaborate schemes on a whiteboard. Uh, I know I I teach ninth graders, (laughs) and I think I've lectured like uh, about two days this whole year, and we're in the third nine weeks, uh, because these days students have a hard time taking direct instruction. And I know for football we watch film so they can visually see it, and then we go do it on the field. Uh, Now I'll send some of our more – uh, astute football players, the ones that are really students of the game, some actual playbook stuff. But the rest of our team, uh, not so much. <laughs> We're going to just learn learn by doing. And all those ideas and philosophies that we eventually implement are done in the winter when it's cold, when it's dark, uh, when uh, you know you would think you're outworking the other uh, the other teams in your schedule. I know every coach thinks that we're outworking the people on our schedule. I'm, and, you know, we play a bunch of good teams that I have a lot of respect for, and they are working just as hard uh, as we are. That's just coach speak, right? We're outworking people in the winter. Nah, well, <laughs> the good ones are always working, so you're not going to outwork them. You just hope that uh, your guys execute well and you can you stick to your plan and commit to 
to it and you do it to the best of your ability. Uh, so this this time of year, to transition a little bit, we are in winter conditioning like every solid high school program in the country. Got to get that sip of coffee. That's, that's too good. And this is a time of year where you're building the bodies of your players so they can perform better when the season gets here. And I, I, I'm, I will share anything that we do strength and conditioning-wise with with anybody so if you want it just shoot me a a tweet at mind of a fb coach or an email to mind of a mind of a football coach at gmail.com and i'll send you any of these uh, any of my our our off-season stuff any of our workouts those things things of that nature i think we do a really good job with that i know at every program i've been a head coach at we've seen a lot of gains as far as strength and conditioning and it's really helped those programs uh, progress to places they had they have not seen in a in a while so there's five core tenets that we want to build in the off season and they are hypertrophy power flexibility endurance and agility and i'll break those down here as we, we go through we go through these so hypertrophy is muscular size we want to have rep between reps of eight to ten uh, those are generally auxiliary auxiliary lifts uh, pull-ups dips push press uh, box jumps things of that nature i know box jumps is also plyometrics right so agility but i also think it helps build some mass especially in uh, like the quads and the gluteus maximus and the hamstrings and then we have power so power is uh, like one to three reps uh, which is generally you could also use that term strength so that's like bench squat deadlift hang clean now we incorporate a little bit of hypertrophy in our core lifts bench squat deadlift hang clean uh, because we do set up to sets of eight generally we don't do sets of 10 uh, we want to develop more power and strength in those exercises and then flexibility we do overhead squats we do lunges we do something called wood choppers uh, those things help with flexibility and then we obviously get into endurance. We do some CrossFit wads from the end of the season in November through January. Then we we throttle those down in February. And then we get into more football-specific movement, um, agilities, bags, box jumps, football movements, things of that nature, change of direction. Those are, those are really, really, really good things that you, you can do really with anything you have. Every program has different resources. As far as equipment, but you can make that work for you and whatever that looks like for your program. So those are our five core tenets in the in our in our winter conditioning conditioning winter conditioning program: hypertrophy, power, flexibility, endurance, and agility. And so we're working on that right now, and then we're also working on scheme development. I'm a big PowerPoint or Google. Um, Excuse me, what are they call what's what's Google call there? Oh, excuse me, Google Slides. Yeah, that's their PowerPoint version. So Google Slides, uh, I do that for defense, for like a playbook for our coaches to look at, and we're constantly evaluating that, obviously. And then, like I talked about before, we're getting film from everywhere right now. We're getting uh, people to talk ball with us. I'm going to meet with people. I'm talking to people on the phone, text message, email, all that good stuff. I even like to look at stuff that we don't do. I actually just got an email from a guy that runs the double wing offense. I think that's great stuff. I've been whooped by that offense before as a DC, 
and just trying to learn everything you can because you never know what kind of players you're going to have 10 years from now. Maybe you have to use that, and it's good to have that knowledge. Or maybe I see a team that we play and have to understand what their blocking rules are and how to try to defend that offense. And then use Huddle to its best ability. Huddle is great. Huddle is fantastic. It's a tool that we use a ton to save film, make cut-ups, uh, use this teaching tape. Uh, that is that's a that's a free plug for Huddle. It's the it's the best film software out there. You know, and like I've talked about before, and I have interviews. I've talked to other coaches. We go clinic with each other. I have them on the podcast and steal their ideas. And then I take all those ideas, and then my one of my core philosophies of this program is keep things simple and let your kids play fast and give them things they can master. Because if you have a million different things that you're trying to do in your program, you will never master any of them. And we want to master that. As far as how things roll at Nitro, I get a lot of kids that have not played a lot of football. Uh, maybe they haven't even played till they were a senior in high school. Maybe they haven't played till they were a sophomore in high school. I don't think our middle schools won more than the two games in 10 years. <laughs> so we're trying to develop kids into quality varsity players with not much playing experience. And that's a different challenge than somebody who has a feeder program and a like a, a middle school program and a Pop Warner program that have run their program for 10 years and they're successful every year. And that's great for them, but that's just not what we have at the school I'm at. So we want to make it really simple, make it somewhat unique so people have to prepare for us a little differently. Uh, so that is in our, our advantage. And I want to wrap up today with a thought that's really hit me, and that is building relationships with your players. And I don't that's not big speeches. That's not <clears throat> coming up with the next cool slogan. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is making contact with as many players or potential players, because I'm recruiting my hallways really heavily this time of year, uh, as possible. And that's closeness, right, to having a, a one-on-one conversation. It's contact. It's a fist bump. I don't really do the handshake thing. It's like a fist bump, right? And it's it's just loving on, on these guys in my building that have played for me or maybe want to play and helping them understand that I'm here for you, man. Like, I'm here to help you be the best that you can be so you can have a fantastic experience if as a Nitro football player and we can all make this thing be as good as it can possibly be. So I hope you stay warm today. It's nice and cold outside in many parts of the country, and I hope this podcast helps you deal with all of the weather that we may potentially see today in the next couple days. It was supposed to be like negative 45 in Chicago today. So I hope that if you're in Chicago listening, you stay warm uh, to all my Illinois people, and I'll put this up soon.